All right, welcome to America This Week. I am Matt Taibbi. I'm Walter Kern. So, Walter, I have a little bit of Trumpus interrupt this this week. Uh oh. I mean, I was expecting. <laughs> I guess it's. I guess they're now saying it's his fault. But um, I was expecting lots and lots of uh, uh, drama this week. Uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to the moment where they bang Trump's head on a uh, on the roof of a squad car uh, on the way in. I mean, that was just going to be funny video. Um, well, strangely, it seems that so was Trump. Um, as I understand it, Trump was uh, demanding that he be arrested in the most spectacular version possible. I, I think he was looking to cut a, uh, a campaign ad out of this, uh, you know, perp walk that seemed to be in the offing. But right. uh, but now it, it seems he's being blamed. He's he's one of the first person in America to ever be blamed for not being arrested. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he he he. He supposedly started this whole uh, furor by announcing it was going to happen. And now it sounds like the D.A. is backing off and saying, you know, uh, we didn't you know, we we didn't mean to do this in the fashion that he was predicting. And uh, there's a lot of blame going around. Uh, they're obviously embarrassed. Uh, they've uh, you know, it's Friday today and they've put off their grand jury proceedings till next week. Um and, uh, you know, it's the it, it's the dog that didn't bark. And uh, uh, I don't know how much you can blame a potential target in an indictment process for uh, talking about their imminent indictment. Uh, I, I don't they know. They did, that though. That. What's that? They did blame him for that. They did blame him. I mean, I, I remember, you know. Remembering more than a few days now is a is a uh, it's thought crime problematic uh, uh, faculty. But uh, I remember last week, I think, when the whole New York Police Department was uh, on alert for, you know, huge riots or whatever it was going to be. And I would think that those um, I would think that those alerts and alarms probably contributed to. Uh, some of the feelings of interruptus that people are having now, they were promised a big game uh, and uh, Trump didn't do that. It was, you know, it was the New York. Uh, well, OK, this is something I wanted to talk to you about, because uh, in, in in advance of the supposed um, the supposed the supposed arrest mm -hmm. and in uh, in response to the photos of the NYPD putting barricades out yeah we saw all sorts of people reacting like here's this guy the dean obadala you ever seen him he's he's got multiple parentheses Probably. around his name he's sort of like an Aaron <laughs> Rupar but like but not as sophisticated um, and he's, he's got these pictures of the NYPD, NYPD putting up these barricades. And, uh, he says, this is USA in 2023, 2023, uh, thanks to Trump and the GOP. It's long past time that MAGA be designated 
a terrorist group. Um, then you had Maxine Waters describing uh, Trump as a as a terrorist. Josh Marshall saying we probably need one of those green, yellow, red alert codes for the current state of threat from the Trump aligned domestic terrorists. Uh, mm. Lawrence O'Donnell, Donald Trump proved once again today that he is a terrorist. Uh, you know, the, it just goes on and on. There's this, you know, Keith Olbermann, uh, of course. Um, overnight, Trump made additional terrorist threats against Alvin, uh, Alvin Bragg. Um, and look, what were they? Do you, did, did, did he specify what they were? Uh, he wants to remove the animal to Alvin Bragg. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so Olbermann is saying that DHS and the Justice Department need to, need to arrest him uh, today. No perp walk, no bail. Um, so arrest him prior to any indictment, just for yeah, calling just, the just, prosecutor just, an animal. Just cart him away. Um, and look, you know, I, I don't want to make too big of a deal about this. Oh, and then there's there's another. Um, you know, element to this. There's lots of people who suddenly coming up with the term stochastic terrorism with mm-hmm. Trump. Asha right. Rangappa, who is one of my least favorite people in media because <laughs> she is not a media person. She is an FBI agent who is just sort of in media now. Uh, and she's got a, a tweet this morning uh, or yesterday. My latest um you know, on, on Colombia's battle to preserve the rule of law against terrorist violence and why Trump's threats should not be taken lightly. Um, you know, it's there. It's just this sort of everybody got the memo that mm-hmm. Trump is going to be uh, described as a terrorist now. Now, why does that matter? It matters because 20 years ago, after 9-11, when America started to go crazy, we started to play games with words. Um, you know, suddenly people we were fighting against uh, militarily were no longer soldiers. They were enemy combatants. And that mm-hmm. had a, a very specific meaning. The meaning of enemy combatant was somebody we were, we were fighting with guns who was n- not subject to Geneva Convention protections, right? Um, and terrorist. If you know, if you were a designated terrorist organization, uh, if you were designated as a as one of the groups that um, contributed to 9-11, a whole host of rights um, disappeared. You could be assassinated. Um, we, it was determined that you could be arrested and taken away without any due process. That, you know, that began with the Jose Padilla case. Then there was the Alaki case where an American citizen could be an, and his 16 year old son could be assassinated um, without due process because they were terrorists. Uh, so what we call people now has an extraordinary meaning, doesn't it? I mean, I, 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 I feel like it's incumbent upon Pete sort of the public messengers to be more judicious in how they describe um, people than 
or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, but, I, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this. Well, I mean, from the cynics corner, it seems like we're on a countdown to the first domestic drone strike sometime. Right. Um, uh, but but, uh, you, you know, you make a good point. As you've shown in the Twitter files, there is this massive um, information scanning and uh, threat identification apparatus in this country. And for it to go on, it needs a threat uh, equal to its uh, you know, elaborate and growing uh, dimensions. And uh, they've seen they seem to have found it in Donald Trump. He, he has been the uh basis or the the rationale behind the, the expansion of this uh censorship and 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 identification state and uh that's sort of what i've seen all along with this you know Im- impending prosecution it, it's like january 6th i suppose uh but in a way that's more imminent it's the uh it's the foundation for the use of a lot of these tools. And when I start seeing these words, which are pretty scary words, terrorist and so on, uh, used of a domestic political leader, uh, it's clear to me that they are trying to assemble the legal basis for some kind of unprecedented action and or the, uh, the use of this big machine that they've constructed. Uh, that they've done it all on the backs of a rather dicey looking prosecution, which hasn't even resulted in an indictment yet and may not, uh, is pretty wild. Uh, you'd think that if they wanted to launch finally the, uh, you know, official domestic war on terror, they would find a more, um, I don't know, uh, threatening and, and, and uh, dangerous moment than Trump being perp walked. Uh, and calling someone an animal, uh, New York insult humor or whatever is now, uh, you know, the basis for some sort of large action. But uh, yeah, they've got these people out there who obviously do receive some sort of instruction in the language that they're to use about these things. And and this is, as you say, tripwire language. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just amazing the way that we've transformed from a society that was so based on, at least in my conception of it, that was so based on legal distinctions from one that moved the whole ballgame out of the law and into this other place where decisions could be made sort of behind closed doors by actors who may or may not be accountable to voters. And it could be as simple as we've decided to call this person X. This person is a threat. This person is a, is a potential foreign malign influence actor. You know what I mean? They come up with these terms and you get dumped into a bucket as a result of that. Uh, and I remember being completely flipped out by the enemy combatant thing, but but it's now just sort of ingrained in our culture. Sorry, what were you going to say? What's remarkable about about it to me, Matt, is the order in which these uh, actions occur, and they seem to start more often than not these days with the media. Um, 
you know, we're not we're not getting uh, bulletins from from the federal government about Donald Trump. We're getting bulletins from Keith Olbermann. Um, they start the cascade of name calling, which then becomes the basis for actual action. And we, I, I mean, we've seen this circular construction in so many uh, areas over the last few years. Um, and, uh, you know, from what you just read me and from what I've read myself, uh, it's, it, it is these barking dogs in the media who are starting the process. You know, they, they react, they put up the pictures, then they react to the pictures of the barricades. They start using this language. Then these kind of, as you say, non-journalist types who exist in this limbo between government and media, uh, like this FBI agent you're, you're referring to, come right. out and sort of... What is that person? Yeah, I, I mean, we haven't had such figures until now, so we haven't had a name for them, really. Right. Um, they represent some, you know, chimera, some hybrid of of, of media and governmental power. And uh, it seems that their job is to provide, um, you know, a, an enhanced level of alarm that seems semi-official rather than, you know, just hysterical. Um, right. It and, seems based uh, on something. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, what what's amazing, though, is that in their sort of critical moment here of asking that Trump be taken off the street. Um, they, they've faltered. Uh, it's not, a, in other words, it's not a wonderful debut for this new method. Uh, and uh, we, it, you know, it's now in suspense. We have no idea what's going to happen. I, uh, there is a legal process happening behind the scenes. You wouldn't think it, You'd think that Keith Olbermann himself could command the arrest of the uh, U.S. Uh, you know, former president. Uh, he seems to believe that too. I mean, he's calling for it as though he has actual troops at his command. They should um, give him epaulets, you know, with, with little like cross lightning bolts or something on them. I mean, it would be. Well, you, you know, we should have a uniformed media. You're absolutely right. I, I think these people who exist in such wonderful uh, sort of uh, synergy with official with officialdom should have to wear a uniform. Yeah. Um, did they not at a, in Germany at some point? Wouldn't, no, I, they might have. They might have. I mean, I remember I remember Kurt Vonnegut wrote about that as a joke, but I think it was based on something that was in. Yeah. That was in, I think, Mother Night um, or I'm trying to remember which book it was. Uh, but the. But yeah, no, we, there should there should be a really crappy, ridiculous uniform with too many, uh, you know, different, you know, medals and, and badges on it, which they'd be all too happy to wear. Uh, it's it's sort of it's sort of like the members of the the, the Soviet um, journalism the union of journalists, right? Like you know, everybody got like a little tin thing at the end of the year that they could put on their their uh jacket and they got an extra two shits to eat at the at the um you know at the union club or whatever it was i mean i don't know it feels well, like that's it, that's where the media is headed 
Well, you know, over in the fever swamp, which I check in with occasionally, um, there was absolute confidence that Trump would not be arrested this week, that this was going to be yet another, you know, last minute perils of Pauline escape on his part. And uh, they seem so far to have been right. Uh, I, I don't know that they could pull it off with the same savoir faire now that they were contemplating. Uh, we were really being ramped up to a, you know, a, a sort of V for vendetta moment. Uh, but, but do they, do they really not recognize how animated this will make Trump's base if they go through with this, this prosecution? I'm not, I'm not saying that, if, that somebody should get away, who breaks the law should get away with it, but the relentless, um, in this case, can you even figure out what the law is, Matt? I can't. I mean, I, I've actually studied this case, you know, uh, what, this not is, in but depth. It's supposedly it's a campaign violation, right? Because it's a payment in kind or something like that. Is is that is is that what this case is? I, I get them all confused because they're all it, based it, on. It, there's a good there's a good Wall Street Journal article, uh, piece on it this morning. But in fact, what he's what he's being uh, accused of is using private funds uh, for a campaign purpose. Right. And we even have Michael Avenetti, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, saying from jail that there are exculpatory notes and communications that, that, that would be, that would favor Trump's side here. And that, Avenetti's uh, opinion is that Trump was paying a, a legitimate legal bill um, and, uh, you know, that, that, that it can't be construed as a campaign, that he would have had to pay this anyway, whether he was running for president or not. So we have the full complement of chorus members here. Avenetti, you know, uh, Trump's ex-lawyer, Cohen, who, who, you know, is silent because he's at the center of this thing, uh, you know, I guess it's his testimony that maybe it would rest on. Um, it's, it's like a damn time warp too, because I'm not sure when the alleged stormy Daniels affair actually took place somewhere at the deep past. Um, and, uh, you've got everyone involved having made about three contradictory statements about the thing over the years. Um, there's and some questions. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, when you've got banks collapsing, you know, in a couple in a day and you've got this much uh, apprehension about a war and so on, it is the perfect distraction. But I, I, I you know, the, so far, the only real victim have, uh, of the thing has been Ron DeSantis and his uh, aspirations as the, as a potential Republican candidate. He, you know, he, he came out with a statement that, while in its entirety was kind of thoughtful, uh, offended the hell out of Trump supporters. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's now he, 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 he's now thought to have ruined his chances by a lot of people because he won't ever win over the populist wing of his own party after this. Um, a, a lot of people fantasize about putting Donald Trump in jail. If Donald Trump were in jail, he would win the election. 
in other words, like the, the, the political establishment right now is so unpopular that the symbolism of running against the system by being in jail, whether he's guilty or not, I mean, we don't even have to get into that. But it, this continues to me to be an expression of how deeply uh, the people who run this country don't understand how much they're hated and and how how much of a favor they keep doing to, um, for Trump by going after him in all these ways that seem like they're, you know, picayune or, you know, uh, technicalities, process crimes, even even the, the, the documents thing. It's like it, it, you, you're you're giving him the ability to make all kinds of um, hay out of this because it, it makes it look like he's being persecuted. And look, he might be, you know what I'm saying? Like the, it's, it's a symbol of, of a system that doesn't know how to restrain itself. Um, well, 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 Bragg, Bragg made, you know, and, and what's with the Dickensian names anyway, too, you know, uh, <laughs> the lawyer named Bragg, who, who's going to bring down Donald Trump. Um, uh, but in any case, he, he made no secret of his desire to bring him down, which is, I, I think many anticipate one of the problems with a potential prosecution because he made such, uh, you know, uh, prejudicial statements about the guy in advance and, and, and wasn't, uh, coy about his desire to see him, uh, you know, see him face justice, uh, that can look like a malicious prosecution or be portrayed as one, I suppose, by the defense lawyers. But Trump's Trump's genius has always been. And, and you know, my uh, my personal uh, knowledge of Donald Trump and my my professional uh, knowledge of him as a member of the press goes back to the 80s to spy magazine when we ran an entire magazine based on humor about Donald Trump to some extent. Uh, I mean, he was our bet noir, our uh, go-to guy. We had oh, him on yeah. the cover over and over. He was the short-fingered vulgarian. Um, the, uh, you know, <laughs> I think I've got some of those right here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so you know, one of my problems as a journalist and just as an you know American has been that I was introduced so early as a young man to the risibility and ridiculousness of Donald Trump. That to, uh, to to continue to be outraged by it has been uh, difficult for me. Right. Um, right. But but who would have thought that America's gauchest, most gold plated billionaire would come up with the brilliant trick of portraying himself as a persecuted underdog and the avatar of the you know uh, of the ordinary person uh, silent. Yeah, the silent majority. But he did it. You know, he has been Donald Trump, uh, the the uh, the little guy's uh, tribune and who's taking the slings and arrows in his own words uh, for his supporters. And they continue to supply him with ammunition for this storyline um, in ever greater, uh, uh, you know, amounts. And uh, this is a kind of climax. And the truth is that they're damned if they do and damned if they don't at this point. 
to have Donald Trump in handcuffs will be the meme explosion that, you know, uh, is equal to Nagasaki. It will be the first total memeing opportunity. It'll break the Internet. Uh, Trump in handcuffs. People will be wearing lapel buttons. Um, They will, uh, you know, be doing TikTok dances to imitate Trump in uh, handcuffs. They will uh, they'll flood the zone. Um, so I, I, I don't think they want that. Uh, maybe they didn't anticipate it, but if they don't, he got away again. He is the David Blaine Houdini of, uh, misdemeanor payoffs to porn stars and, uh, and Russian collusion and every other damn thing that he's been. Uh, but you know, I, I have Republican friends who, think that the whole thing is a media conspiracy to make Donald Trump the nominee, that that they were actually in some 4D chess way trying to create sympathy for him because they so desperately want him to uh, run because they are so confident he will lose. Um, I've, I've heard that from three people who, you know, are fairly thoughtful. Yeah. And, and that also makes a lot of sense on the media front, um, you know, win or lose, they I mean, almost, it's almost better if he wins for the media. Like, you know, at this point, um, it's, it's just a long way down for, uh, conventional, the conventional press. The only thing that could really save them right now is, is Trump steaming to, toward the nomination and then the presidency. Um, so, I don't know. Um, it, it's just, it's well, just, you know, they're, they're, they're in, in the, in the, in the QAnon world, one trope is the movie, the hunt for woo. Well, that was Hillary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't find the Trump one, but the, and, wow. I, and that's not, not even the best Hillary one. The, remember the, the Hillary Marilyn Monroe, Heidi Whitey's one was, uh, was even better. But anyway, go ahead. Well, 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 I, I was going to say that, you know, I, I, among Trump's most fervent supporters. There is a thought that he is a master of strategy. And, and in this case would be an example of the hunt for Red October strategy, where if you'll remember, uh, Sean Connery has his sub, which is in the crosshairs of an American sub steams full speed ahead. At the other one before it can arm its torpedoes correctly, and, and and he prevails. And in some ways, that seems to have been Trump's strategy with with with, with uh, D. A. Bragg. He uh, he announced his own impending deni- indictment, uh, created a furor, and you know moved straight into the crosshairs in a way that seems to have kind of paralyzed. Uh, the other side, which wasn't yet ready to make its move. And now it's acting all, uh, you know, spoiled and upset that, it, you know, it was pushed on a schedule that it didn't want to uh, have to observe. Um, yeah, um, I guess so. I, it's, it's hard for me to imagine Donald Trump. Um, well, first of all, Donald Trump doing Sean Connery is a funny idea. <laughs> Could he do, does he have a Sean Connery accent? Oh, I, I, I mean, almost everybody does. 
They're John, almost Sean they're they're actually almost typological opposites. Sean Connery, the self-possessed man of few words with the sort of twinkle in his eye who, who, who is always on top of things, but, you know, uh, never telegraphs his moves. And Donald Trump, you know, uh, who, who's got, you know, sweat and uh, flying from his brow as he you know, fulminates about this and that. I, they they should do that Jeopardy show uh, that that Jeopardy skit from Saturday Night Live with Sean, the Sean Connery and a Donald Trump character both. Uh, or they could slapping re- them. They could redo the man who would be king with those two <laughs> uh, with Trump instead of Michael Caine. Uh, although Michael Caine was perfect, but uh, that would that would be a funny one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I like this, this whole. Uh, there was there was a tweet I saw yesterday by Wesley uh, Yang um, saying the current thing is dead, and it was the first time that I I thought it's kind of true. There there was no current thing this week. Trump didn't get arrested. Um, no one's telling us what to think about in U- Ukraine. Uh, you know. There's no counter narrative that's deeply in my head right now. Um, well, that's because it, all the current all the current things have come a cropper. I mean, yeah. uh, y- y- you know, the thing about current things is that they have to mature into some kind of closure. And we, you know, we spoke last year about the great never mind, the place where they shuffle off all you know impending crises that suddenly don't happen. Uh, it's the place where they keep the document scandal, which we still have no uh, real closure on. And we still don't know what the documents were. Um, and uh, yeah, that the Trump arrest will go into the great never mind is kind of astonishing. Uh, but I, but I think Wes is right. Um, unless you can pay off your current things and or bring in a new one that actually has some, uh, you know, ha- has some legs. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the full version and for more articles and content, please subscribe to Racket News at ib.substack.com or racket.news.